The Rosilla Show podcast is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Hiring used to be hard. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process. But today, hiring can be easy, and you only have to go to one place to get it done. ZipRecruiter.com slash Ryan Show. Hey, that's my show, R-Y-E-N Show. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. The first day, folks. You don't even have to wait around. Think about that. People don't like waiting on anything anymore. So right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Ryan Show. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash R-Y-E-N Show. ZipRecruiter.com slash Ryan Show. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. What's going on? I am uh, back early, but I'm back on the East Coast as I was in Vermont for Friday's podcast, and I drove to Connecticut last night in the middle of a rainstorm. I just said, hey, man, all my friends are married, and they have real grown-up stuff to do, and they're like, you can leave now. And so I was going to sleep at one of their houses, and I thought, I don't even know if they want me here. So it was about 9 o'clock, got some pizza, sun was setting on the lake playing a little hoops outside and I go I'm awake I'm gonna do this let's do it so we got in the car drove just under four hours no one on the road I like driving at night because I think it's actually easier I think it's safer and it's never quite safe when you get towards Hartford and so I thought maybe if I get tired I'll just stop wherever I want to stop I actually rather had done that because then I got to West Hartford and all the hotels were sold out in Hartford true story I couldn't believe it either Hartford was just raging I guess Hartford has it dude Hartford has it New England's rising little star and I got to West Hartford, and the hotel, the only one that was available, was ridiculously expensive. And then they lied on the minibar, and they were like, I got the bill. The bill was so much. for It was $400 with taxes and hotel fee for one night in West Hartford, and I checked in at one thirty in the morning, which usually if you stay at a place and you have a little repartee, no, repartee, yeah, that would be it. Um, a lot of places, like if the, like there's certain hotels that I stay at, I, I frequent. You know, there's a couple in Soho. There's one in Burlington. There's certainly this one. And if it's the right guy, I'd be like, hey, you're checking at 130. We have rooms available. You know, we'll cut you a little bit of a break on this. No. Full price. Taxes, 15%. Hotel tax in West Hartford is 15%. And then a $15 fee on top of everything else for what? Um... And then on the mini bar, it said that I was just pounding whiskey and cheese nips. I was like, you know what I didn't do? Crack open the whiskey and cheese crackers at one thirty because I was exhausted. That didn't happen. So um, I had to call and be like, hey, guys, as if it weren't expensive enough, I did not have. They're like, oh, OK, we'll take those right off. I think hotels do that, man. I think they do it. Well, they just like, you know, after you leave, open up a couple bottles and. No, I think they just, I think some places screw it up all the time. Like beforehand. I'm telling you, if you don't regularly check your hotel bill traveling and cause I travel all the time and you know, I'm lucky enough that usually it's for work. So I'm expensing it, not this one. And I just go, what? 
You know, the parking thing. I've already brought up that parking thing. I had a stretch there for a couple of years where I'd say 50% of the time that I was at a hotel without a car, because normally I'll never have a car because I'm traveling to that place. And the rental car thing now with Uber and Lyft and, you know, the whole deal, it usually work. ESPN would rather you just take Ubers the whole time or a taxi than rent a car. They just, you know, they kind of cracked down on that years ago. I remember doing game day and they were like, no more renting a car. We were allowed one. Guess who got it? Guess. Danny. Stanford Steve. Oh, Although Stanford Danny. Steve. Whoa. Danny. Well, Stanford Steve was just like, I'm, I'm renting the car. Uh, <laughs> You're on his terms. Yeah. We just done it. Although Danny was not, Danny be like, I'm going to get a car. Like Steve's getting a car. I'm getting a car. Oh yeah. No, Danny, if Danny, everything needed to be equal. I mean, at the minimum, like he needed to have everything that everyone else had. And then, and then a little bit more if he could. Actually, it's a great point. He didn't rent a car if he wasn't even if he didn't even need to drive anymore. I just, I just need a car, just in case. Yeah, just need a car. And you know, for whatever perception there is about Danny, no one was more about equality. True. Than Danny, because if I got a hat, where's my hat? Yeah. <laughs> if I was getting something, Danny would also be like, "I'm also getting that." How many mattresses did you get? I'm getting that many matches. Yeah, he would be. Like, he would ask too. He'd like kind of like interrogate you and be like, "What's your situation?" All right, let me see if my situation's the same. Wait a minute, you get a car? I think we lied once about getting a car. I was like, "Yeah, I think I might be getting a car from these guys." You're getting a car? Also, a terrifying driver. The worst driver ever. Well, John Prudhomme, UVM. He ended up transferring. I think he transferred to UVA. He. Uh, we did a college road trip our freshman year. It was the worst. He was the worst driver I'd ever been with. Um, what are we talking like pass on the left or just like can't physic or just like is a bad driver like would run into people he had this weird thing he had like one of those old Toyota Tercels I think is what it's called let me google Toyota Tercel seems before my time by the way we have a plan on the podcast today it's not just me three days later winging it to get this one out of the way Mike Sando the athletic QB tiers one of my favorite things to do Van Pelt and I used to do our own QB tiers years ago way less science to ours we used to just do it based on Tiers. We called Tier 1 Wilco because <laughs> Wilco's amazing. And Tier 2 was the Matt Damon tier. And then Tier 3, he named, he named it Ham Sandwich. Ham Sandwich, yep. yep. Right. And then Tier 4, I think I think we only had four tiers, and it was called Didn't Poop Town. Didn't we have Town. a Beyonce tier? We might have or, changed or was that it. something else? We had a Beyonce tier for something. Poop Town was, in a, was a, the Kenneth Garage drop. Everybody liked that. Yeah, because that was bad. Like, Scott named it Poop Town. And uh, Matt Matt Damon was always my favorite because yeah. it was always like no nah, ham sandwich was pretty great too like yeah you know ham sandwich is fine it's okay like I'd eat a ham sandwich I don't necessarily want a ham sandwich and that's how you would describe most of the quarterbacks like yeah Andy Dalton he's a ham sandwich I don't know yeah right that was that was kind of it um but see I like Matt Damon to me Matt Damon's a tier one but I also understand and be like hey Matt Damon's in the movie like I'm gonna go see it but it's not. Daniel Day and There Will Be Blood, which I didn't even like that movie the first time around. I need to watch that movie again. I'm probably going to pretend I like it now because I'm in that world and artsy. Be like, oh, no, I totally get it. I totally get what's going on. Uh, <laughs> we should have just done Tears of Dudes, all of us. Like, Everybody, yeah, but like, would see, would I have been a Tier 1 right away? Ooh, I wouldn't have been given credit for being a Tier 1. Probably not. No, not right yeah. away. Scott would have been a unanimous tier one. 100% tier one. The ego ranking thing, by the way, was hilarious. Some of the people on social media. Remember we did the dude draft uh, where we just drafted five guys that we wanted to like go on a weekend party with. 
Well, because my friends and I, I mean, this is really immature, but we, we almost did it this weekend. But when we were in our 20s, we just started ranking everyone. We just oh, ranked yeah. all of us. Yeah, and, I'm so pissed because my, my buddies, we wanted to start a rank. We used to rank shit all the time. Wow, I just swore. Whoa. We used to rank stuff all the time. On? You're really loose on this <laughs> pod today, Saruti. We used to rank stuff all the time. And <laughs> let me write that down real quick. Yeah, no. why don't you edit that one out? Um, and we were like, okay, we should do a podcast about that. And, of course, now there's like a million podcasts where people just rank stuff. And it's a great idea, but we were too late. Yeah, but this was better because, I mean, no one's actually going to care about almost everybody's podcast. I mean, unless it was just all famous guys. Like, I'm not even saying we could pull this off. Like, if Scott and I did it with everybody at work, and he wouldn't rank guys low because he, he just wouldn't want to be too nice. yep. the guy that was ranking guys low. I would rank someone low, and it, I would have to deal with it. It would be a problem. But I'd be like, look, I have to be honest with the audience. This guy sucks, and he's a tier four dude. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we used to just Truth rank. Hurts, dude. We used to just rank all of each other. We'd be like, no way, am I behind him? Come on! And then the other four or five guys would be like, yeah, you are. You're you like, you're a tier four friend. Come yeah, on. I can't even believe you think you're even at his. He's like a tier and a half ahead of you. So back to our guy, John, the Toyota Tercel, I believe, had this thing inside of it. Um, What's going on here? Okay. You get some housekeeping on the computer. So all of this new technology. We haven't here. signed in in a while. Yeah, all this new technology here is scary. Like, why are you not doing anything? Why is this inactive? Okay, enough out of you. We're locking you out. Um. It, the Tercel had, I, I, I don't know if it was a Tercel, because it felt a little bit more of a hatchback deal than it was just a straight Tercel that I'm looking at here now. And nope, nope, here it is. Yep, this is the 85 Tercel wagon. So yeah, it had like a little bit, I wouldn't say SUV, but it's terrible. And so he had one, and it had a thing in the middle of the console that would tell you kind of like, how how level the car was so if he wanted to just hammer it around a turn he'd see how far he could get the thing tipping to one side <laughs> Seems safe. And it was like five guys in the car and he never looked at the road so like as we were driving through boston somebody yelled out nathaniel hall which was great uh and he's like oh my god look at that oh that, is that the new bridge oh what is that the big dig i mean this is mid 90s this is going on and all of us in the car were like, dude, we are going to beat you up when we get gas because this is so unsafe and you're the worst driver. And he was all, and he was one of those bad drivers who was like laughing about it going, oh, no, come on, dude. I'm a great driver. I'm on it. I'm just aggressive. So, all right. We just told a bunch of stories there. I had another little story that I want to tell. Not sure. Not sure how that's going to play out. So why don't we do a read? I love having Simply Safe because if I'm gone, I know that. Somebody's watching my place, and I can also watch my place. So according to studies, just over 10% of break-ins are planned beforehand. Think about that. Only 10%. The rest are spur of the moment. Crimes of opportunity. In other words, random. Did you know most break-ins happen between 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. in the middle of the day? According to the FBI, the average loss in a burglary is over $2,000. That can be hard to recover from. Homes with out home security are 300% more likely to be broken into. 65% of burglaries are committed by someone the victim knows. My gosh, that's crazy. July and August are when most burglaries occur. And what's crazy is that only one in five homes have home security. That's it. Maybe because most companies really don't make it easy. Simply Safe 
makes it really easy. Okay? Because they tell you, hey, this is what you're buying, this is what it costs, and done. Other places, other places go, oh, no, no, no. Let's just keep adding to it. And then you look at the bill and you're like, what the hell's going on here? Uh, that's why Simply Safe is my top choice, hands down. Simply Safe protects every door, window, and room with 24-7 professional monitoring. They make it easy on you. There's no contract, no hidden fees, or fine print. Simply Safe has won a ton of awards from CNET to the New York Times wire cutter. Prices are always fair and honest. Around the clock monitoring is just $15 a month. But one thing that truly makes Simply Safe stand out is their video verification technology. When other home security systems are triggered, a lot of the time, police assume it's a false alarm, and the call goes to the bottom of the list, but not with Simply Safe. Using their video verification technology, they were able to visually confirm that a break-in is happening, allowing police to get to the scene three and a half times faster than other home security companies. Visit simplysafe.com slash Ryan, R-Y-E-N. You'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. You've got nothing to lose. Also, man, tweet at me. Let me know. Seriously, if Simply Safe, if you've got any issues where you're not going to have any, I will try to help it. I will expedite it free of charge. I am your consultant. Like my insurance job I had for six months where all I wanted to do was sign a piece of paper so I got 4% of your premium paid to me directly from the health care provider so it didn't cost you anything. I just made a living, and then I got fired because it was illegal for me to have the job in the first place, which I didn't know after studying and passing all those series whatever tests. And then I think the guys that own that company sold it for millions of dollars. So I'm psyched that didn't work out for me. But this can work out for you. I will help you with Simply Safe again. SimplySafe.com slash Ryan R Y E N. You've got nothing to lose. Go now and be sure to go to SimplySafe.com slash Ryan R Y E N so they know our show sent you. That's SimplySafe.com slash Ryan. Mike Sando, the Athletic. Mike, one of my favorite guys, I think you know that just over the years, all your stuff, and now with the athletics, so congrats on the move. I want to talk QB tiers. It's probably one of the things I look forward to the most. So Aaron Rodgers is still number one. You talk to 55 coaches and executives, and you know there's an argument to be made for Rodgers that he's been slipping. Uh, there's a lot of stats that we can get into that maybe not everybody knows as, as everyday terminology that, that I can bring up a little bit more. So I'm, I'm curious, is is this a classic example of, Maybe we're too quick from the outside to move on from Rodgers still being the undisputed best quarterback in the NFL, or is it the NFL can be too slow with deciding that maybe they should have had him behind some other guys? Because there are numbers that would say, even though I think he's the most talented thrower of the football I've ever seen, I think there are numbers over the last couple of years, maybe it's injuries, maybe it isn't, yep. that show that he's declining. So that was my big Rodgers setup. Yeah, I, I think it's hard as a voter when you're doing this. And I run through the ballots with all of them. Some of them I'm in person with them, and I've got my laptop out. It's just hard to put a two next to him. And then at the end, you resort your ballot, and you realize you've got him behind a bunch of guys. And you're like, uh, no, nah, he's a one. <laughs> so somebody, I thought the comparison in, the, in there, somebody's saying it's sort of like, you know, debating if LeBron isn't the best guy, and you could probably do that off this last year, right? You could say, hey, it wasn't a great year. I've got some concerns about LeBron. But he's LeBron. I mean, he sort of has to really play his way out of that top tier. I don't think he's quite done it yet. Uh, no one's lining up to play Rodgers, but I think people are watching now. That, that section on him had way more negative questions, so you can kind of see it coming. I sort of like the idea that people didn't overreact and just get crazy and suddenly you're like, wait a minute, you have Stafford and Rodgers as the same or Goff and Rodgers, you know? 
I'm not ready to go that far. Yeah, that's kind of how I've always felt, where we make mistakes when we see, you know, I've, I've used this example so many times that it's going to bore some people to death, but I'll never forget Ubaldo Jimenez with the Rockies. The first half of a season, he was easily the best pitcher in baseball, but then it turned into, is Ubaldo Jimenez the guy you'd want in the mound game seven against anybody? And we're like, you know what, can we see more than three months? Can we see more than <laughs> yeah. three months before we say that? And we do it with basketball players where I feel like if you're going to be the guy that we think of as the best player in the world, I like to see it for like two years at that level. And it's not necessarily you winning a championship that you can't just all of a sudden just, hey, you're automatically now the best player. So I think the reluctancy to move on from him is something I do like. But there are some numbers with him that yep. I don't I don't get. Now, the sack yardage loss was a big number this year. He was fifth in the NFL. <laughs> His yeah. throwaway numbers, he had 59 throwaways. The most ever tracked by uh, Pro Football Focus was 46. His yep. third down sacks were way too high for him. Um, he was ninth in defensive yardage adjustment rates. I'm not going to bore everybody yep. to death with that stuff. But it was a collection of numbers where I'm, as a big Rodgers fan, going, hey, wait a minute. Am I not paying yep. attention to what's in front of my face every Sunday in 2018? You know, I definitely think Rodgers played a brand of protest football last year where he just wasn't happy with the scheme and he was going to hold on to the ball forever. And so if he does that again, I mean, I think he's going to be penalized in these, in these rankings. Um, for now, he gets a little bit of a benefit of that. I think there was some McCarthy fatigue around the league and people are interested in seeing him with a new scheme and he better produce. I think there's there's not excuses. You can't blame Ted Thompson or Mike McCarthy anymore. That was raised in the piece. But he held the ball forever. And Pro Football Focus, I believe, you know, they, they chart like time to pass, how many seconds, you know. And if it, you know, we know when Brady's getting out quick, it can be two seconds, you know, and the ball's out. Rodgers went like to a career high, I believe. And to me, that just affirms what we saw with our eyes. He was just going to run around and try to make the big heroic play all the time. And as great as he is, he was able to throw 25 touchdowns with two interceptions. I mean, that's like the Nick Foles year when everybody thought he was great. And it's the year for Rodgers when, we, when we're wondering if he's tier two. It shows how high the bar is for him. But clearly he was different. It wasn't as good. He wasn't playing in the system. And that probably needs to change or, you know, those concerns are going to become what keeps him out of the top tier eventually. Okay. And for those that, you know, I could have set this up a little bit better. Maybe I will before I tape something in front of it, but there's five tiers and tier one votes, tier two, tier three, tier four, tier five, pretty self-explanatory. Tier one expanded this year. It's Rogers one, Brady two, Breeze three, Patrick Mahomes four, Andrew Luck five, Philip Rivers six, Ben Roethlisberger seven, Russell Wilson eight. In tier two, it goes from Matt Ryan, Wentz Stafford, Deshaun Watson, Jared Goff, Baker Mayfield. I'm not going to go through everything. Check it out on The Athletic. It is worth it. Um, This... Before I do the expansion here of Tier 1, I, I want to follow up the number 2 guy, Brady, because Brady had 52 Tier 1 votes, 3 Tier 2 votes, so just one behind Rodgers, 53 and 2 split on uh, his 55 votes here. I know this sounds like a really stupid question, but do you think Brady just got the benefit of the doubt because they won this whole thing again? Because there was real, as a guy that's watched Brady his entire career, there were real lows for him throughout last season that, you know, you're going, okay, maybe this is finally going to happen here in his 41-year-old season. I wonder how many people just went, ah, screw it, he won the Super Bowl again. Like, he's, he's, <laughs> yeah. it, it sounds ridiculous to vote him even tier two, but to just have him yeah. be number two, like, I don't feel like he was the second best quarterback in the NFL last year. 
Yep, his credit is good here. You know that's right. right. Yeah, <laughs> well said. I, I do think that how he finished and in that Super Bowl, even though it's you know whatever thirteen to three, and it's you know in the playoff moments down the stretch, he he made some incredible throws and led his team to victory. And if he hadn't done that, I think we would have seen some more twos creep in. There were a couple people on the fence who just thought in the end it was sort of ridiculous to. Um, to knock him down, but I think you probably do see. I think I think a fair criticism is that he can still do the tier one things when he needs to do it, but he maybe doesn't do it as easily all the time, <laughs> and that's just natural of getting older. I think. Yeah, yeah, I think um, I think that makes sense. So we don't really need to spend a lot of time on that. Seeing tier yep. one expand. Uh, what did it expand from six, five or six quarterbacks last year to eight? What do you think was behind that? Well, so we've got Mahomes rocketing in, so and then we got Luck being healthy. So I think those two guys grew it, and then we had Wilson kind of having another year without a great elite defense to win all the games for him. And I think people felt like, hey, a little bit. Some of the tier two people on Wilson who've, who've said, look, they run the ball all the time. Their defense keeps the score down. Yes, he's good, but he's not really winning the game as consistently as, let's say, a Drew Brees has had to do. Now they're saying, okay, um, he's carried more of a load. They still ran it a lot, but you know, defensively they're not as good. So I think that bumped him up. And then the old guys, like we're talking about, these old guys won't go away to where, um, you know, Ro- Rivers, Roethlisberger, you could make a case for high tier two, but. Um, you know, they've sort of been what they've been. They're not falling off a cliff, you know. Uh, Breeze fell off late in the year, but I think normally there'd be attrition and we'd see one of these guys go the way of Peyton Manning where just physically he can't do it anymore, and they're holding on longer. Maybe it's rules, conditioning, whatever, uh, good coaching, just good players, but usually those guys, a couple of those guys would be gone. Yeah, okay, that, that makes sense, the Mahomes part of it. And I also feel like Russell Wilson is... You know, I just, he was 29 tier one votes. It was 26 tier two. I clearly would have been in the beginning of his career. Hey, he's tier two. He's tier two. I don't know what else this guy would need to do with this roster that's disintegrating around him. (laughs) And the the times where I feel like I don't like the, hey, he's the only guy that can do this. He's the only guy to do this. But for Wilson, who would never be considered the best quarterback in the NFL, I feel like he has as many moments in his games where I'm like, I don't know how many other guys could do what he just did as much as any quarterback in the league. Totally agree. And you fear him in the final two minutes. Absolutely. Your, you know, your defense is out there. You, if you could say, hey, these are the five guys I don't want to have the ball, Wilson might be one of them. <laughs> you know, um, I think he's great in that way. What, you know, Traditionally, what people, and I, and I don't disagree, the way people view quarterbacks is, hey, let's strip away the run game and the defense. Let's see how well you do when you really have to pass, and especially pass in the pocket. Well, Wilson breaks that mold a little bit because he can run around and, and make huge plays outside the pocket, but he does not slice and dice nine yards at a time, ten plays up the field the way the traditional tier one guy does. And that's a hard thing for a lot of the voters, I think, to shake. And they're evolving a little bit on that. But still, 26 people put Russell Wilson in the second tier because they think he's excellent, but they don't think that he is leading a high-volume pass offense the way some of these other guys can and have, whether it's Luck, Breeze, Brady. Those guys have had these years with 600 pass attempts. Wilson's not doing that. 
Yeah, in the beginning, that was that was very clear. Like I would argue, hey, wait a minute, Andrew Luck has asked to do way more. Just look at the pass attempts yeah. versus the defense and the offensive line. And now the offensive line for Wilson's been the issue in the running game. And you know, I think at times like Doug Baldwin's this incredibly overlooked receiver, but we wouldn't exactly yep. say that they've had all this depth. And now you're like, okay, what's the defense going to look like? But I'm just I'm glad he's in. Yep. It, it seems ridiculous. Like he yep. should have been in tier one. I think a couple years ago, he's there now yep. for the first time. Um, so that's good. Mahomes. 46, no, excuse me, 48 votes first tier. Are the seven guys in the second tier just being stubborn? Were those, were those voters yeah. 70 years and older? <laughs> no, no, they weren't. Uh, they were kind of like, uh, uh, hey, you played at a German level. Let me just see it again when, when everyone, you know, had a chance to look at him. I think that's sort of one of my beefs of the thing is I felt like Mahomes should be above Breeze, especially the way that Breeze finished. Mahomes, I, I almost feel like no one should be higher than Mahomes. Off of last year, not how it feels, a, right? But then it goes against our NBA thing that we just talked about. So, yeah, and some people are like, "Hey, you know what? He does risk that ball, and I want to see if it catches up to him a little bit." Um, so, you know, we'll see. I I would rather have my money on him than against him. I don't think the seven guys are betting against him. I think they're just more saying, "Hey, when you do it again, you can join this uh, elite club." And if other guys have had to wait, fine. And then I actually had somebody. Say them. They sent me an email. They're like, "That's ridiculous. That's like Hall of Fame voters saying you can't be first ballot. Just put in the best guys." <laughs> and Mahomes is that. Yeah, to have him be number one after just one year, like I, I guess I push back, but then that's exactly what happened. The result, and I'm sitting here getting mad at the seven guys that voted him in the second tier. So I yeah, obviously yeah. can't be happy uh, either way on this one. So we go to tier two, and three votes for Matt Ryan, who's the top of tier two, so ninth overall, but three votes for tier three. Are they still mad about the Super Bowl and them not running the football? Well, yes. Yeah. You know, you talk to enough people, even smart people, you're going to get some out, outlier votes. So, sure. yeah. Tier three. I mean, there's people who feel like Matt Ryan's going to throw you the ball in the third quarter of a close game. There's, uh, you know, a criticism of him is that, um, okay, when Drew Brees had the absolutely worst historic defense of all time, I mean, they were at least a 7-19 that was sort of in the playoff hunt, and that when the defense and sort of the run game falls off for Atlanta, they could, they have 4-12 and in them, or 6-10. and They really fall off more. And I suppose that's fair. Um, I don't think that Ryan has been as consistently top-tier, um, but I, I would have a really hard time putting him in the third tier. And, and uh, I was actually looking at that today. I was like, oh, that's harsh. That, yeah, that's an interesting one there with Breeze, how bad that defense was. But I always felt like their defense was bad because they didn't invest in it enough. And then yeah. Atlanta's defense was bad because they lost everybody in the middle of the field within the first three weeks. Yeah. Their injuries, yep. um, you know, I thought that team was going to be really good. I love their safeties. I love their middle linebackers. I, you know, and then they lose two interior linemen on the offensive side and the other guys on defense. You go, okay, so wait a minute, Matt Ryan sucks again. So. Um, we just have a hard time. Like all of us, I have a very hard time sometimes digging in and being like, "Why is this actually happening?" But I don't want to sit here and sound like I'm apologizing for Matt Ryan much more. Carson Wentz. This was really interesting. Five tier one votes, thirty four tier two, sixteen tier three. But yet, when you look at this in comparison to Nick Foles, Foles zero tier one, eighteen tier two, thirty two tier three, and five tier four. And Foles was eighteenth overall, a tier three quarterback. So. Whatever you feel about Wentz, I thought that this was pretty definitive, though, of 55 NFL people here 
yeah. saying, hey, you know, you guys, like that Super Bowl run in Foles, and that's great, and you had some really interesting Foles quotes, but it feels like this is pretty consensus and should kind of maybe put that one to bed if that many eyes see it that way. Yeah, it does, but there's still enough of a fear that Wentz can't stay healthy that if he sort of bombs out or, you know, it can't it gets hurt again that, um, you know, you'll always wonder. I think they've clearly made the right move. I mean, I, as I said, I think in the piece, people respect Foles more um, for what he's done than they do predict he's going to keep doing it. <laughs> so they may have gotten the best. Uh, out of him, out of Foles, and now you move on to the guy that has a higher ceiling. Still has some question marks. I mean, he hasn't he hasn't been able to to be on the field enough. And I think even when they were really good with him, you know, the run game got going um, for them, and the defense was really good. And you know, I don't know that he's proven he can just flat out carry it. But you like what you've seen when he's been healthy. Yeah, the Wentz thing. I I feel like with more breakdown of him. Um, you know, and you had these quotes in there where one coach was like, we went up against him and he made four or five throws we didn't even think he could make. And yep. maybe it's the lack of touch on some of it. I mean, him allowing himself to be hurt is, I mean, that one's tough because it's like, okay, the play where he got his yep. leg just ratcheted down. And I mean, he may have won yep. the MVP that season. So we know kind of yep. like the ceiling, but then when people knock him for getting hurt, I mean, over a while, I guess you got to figure out a way like, RG3 could never figure out a way to just stop himself from getting hurt in games. So that is a learned skill. But I, I feel like consistently with Wentz, the evaluators will always remind us and go, hey, you, you know, you're not getting it if you don't realize that there's just special throws that he's making that other guys don't. And I, I know that gets thrown around a lot, but I feel like with Wentz, it comes up as much as anybody. I agree. I also think people, um, people like him. I think he's likable. I think he's the type of guy a team rallies around. I think he's sort of what the personnel people are looking for. I mean, I was going to the Gruden quarterback camp when he came out, and I, I went to about four or five years of those. So I always see John. I always see John interact with the guys, and of course, John gets excited about everybody. But he got like as excited. I've never seen him be more excited than he was for Wentz. I mean, I'm sure it was like that when he had luck. I wasn't there for that one, but you know, Wentz just has a way of pulling people, drawing people uh, to him. And, and sort of the interesting part of that in Philly was that Foles has that too. <laughs> you, know, you know, they have two guys that kind of have that uh, that factor. But I think that people see, people want, it's like they want, they want Wentz to do well or they feel like he's going to do well or they just sort of believe in him. Yeah, um, and that's that's a better thing to hear because they're always – there always seems to be with certain quarterbacks, there'll be this thing where it's like after the fact, like actually this guy's terrible in the locker room. Like I'm convinced nobody likes Aaron Rodgers anymore. And I used to sit there and be like, well, wait a minute, this guy was hurt. This guy didn't produce. This guy's mad he got cut. And then I go, wait a minute, like I've just gone through seven or eight people. So yes, maybe he's awesome at throwing the football, but maybe he's just real difficult to be around all the time. And Wentz had yeah. that one piece that came out and then all of, not not all, but it felt like if you get one or two ex-teammates to talk junk about a quarterback yeah. then it becomes gospel but then when 20 30 guys come to his defense you're like okay wait a minute so uh, yeah. i think some of that positive yeah. when stuff was at least good for him perception wise yep no i i agree i think he's got just a real chance and just fingers crossed that he doesn't have another um, injury you worry about a back you know uh, and then you can make the case he has been hurt at every level so he has a lot to prove but he has a lot to prove it with 
More with Mike Sandu on the QB tiers in a moment, but we want to tell you about our guys at Bespoke Post. Box of Awesome, Bespoke Post sends guys only the best stuff every month. They test everything in the Box of Awesome themselves, from style and grooming goods to barware, cooking tools, and outdoor gear. Every product gets put through the ringer before it gets put inside a monthly Box of Awesome. I'm on the site right now, and it's really easy. Click one, join for free, take the quiz, preview is step two, Three, it's delivered. Couldn't be easier. The stuff on here is awesome. There's a sick axe up here to the right side. I don't know if you've seen their new axe here, Saruti. I got to have that one yesterday. There's also some sort of chopping tool that looks like it could have been used in a movie, but also could be great for cilantro. I think I have that actually. Do you? The two is- knives set. It's actually it's incredible. I mean, I don't. Know. I'm probably not using it properly, but there's like this huge, like machete looking one, and there's this like roller one. It's amazing. Cutting right. pizza, whatever. There's maybe headphones. cilantro. There's the Weekender bag that I'm all over. There's also this whiskey thing where the glasses... A barrel aging kit. Oh, the barrel aging kit. I think I may just pick out an axe, a Weekender bag, and this skillet for the pancake mix that they have. So that's what I'm doing this week. What are you doing? Probably not anything that cool. So check it out. To get started, we said take the quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick the right box of awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories. It's free to sign up, and you can skip a month or cancel any time. Each box costs only 45 bucks. Are you serious? I can get an axe for 45 bucks right now and extra stuff? I know what I'm doing tonight. They have over $70 worth of gear inside. I'm in the market for an axe. Headed to Montana. Yep. Save your jokes. And excited about it. Get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up for boxofawesome.com and enter the code Rosillo, R-U-S-S-I-L-L-O at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, code Rosillo for 20% off your first box. So in tier two, again, it's Matt Ryan, Wentz, Stafford, Deshaun Watson, Goff, and Baker Mayfield. I thought it was interesting Goff got one tier one vote. Baker didn't get any, but he still had four tier four votes. Why, um, why four guys so down on Baker? Well, the, remember the tier four is there's two sort of there's two sort of tiers within that tier. One of them is you know what haven't seen enough. I don't want to make a judgment. And the other one is hey, I've seen enough, and you're not going to be good. And I think the ones on Mayfield are like hey, you know what they were playing with house money over a partial season, and I want to see more. So it's again those are four outlier votes. Um, and I wouldn't dwell on them too much, but he is the highest ranked guy who has a four vote. Um, for the year. I think it's just because he hasn't played a ton. Okay. All right. So that wasn't anything else going on there. Uh, Cam so, Newton now, the head of Tier 3. How high was he? Did Was he a Tier 1 after the Super Bowl in the MVP season? No, I think he was the first guy in Tier 2, which I caught a lot of, not that it's my votes, but I caught a lot of protests on that. Come on. No way. You know, how, how can he be? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but he, so I actually just stacked his years. So if we go back to 2014, he was kind of 2.58, 2.49, and 15. Then he had the MVP year, and he got 18 out of whatever, uh, 18 Tier 1 votes in 2016. So he came in at a 1.57. The last two years before this year, he got a total of three Tier 1 votes. So it really went back down, and he was sort of in the 2.3 range for the average. And then this year, none in the top tier a bunch, maybe 10 votes shifted to the third tier, and he comes in at a 2.56. So I felt like he should be in the bottom of the second tier, um, but I do understand that he's coming off the injury. There's concerns about long-term durability. It is a throwing shoulder. 
So I, I get that you might be a little, uh, you know, want to see it, but I just liked how the offense was looked and was going last year for whatever it was, eight or 10 games. I thought you know, North Kerner were a good thing. They've got some good young skill. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm more optimistic, I guess, than some of the other voters on him. Kirk Cousins, what are the people seeing, the 16 people that had him in Tier 2? Because um, that well, one, he's I, 16th overall, and, and I guess, I don't know. You know, a lot of this is based on what I've thought about a guy for years. So when I feel like a guy like Kirk Cousins just had the year he had, and then you go, wait a minute, we still have Tier 2 voters on them? Like, what are they seeing? I know, it's, it's funny. Uh, if you if you go into, like, pro football reference and dial up, like, all the seasons or whatever, you know, 4,000 yards passing and all this it's like him and one other guy. I mean, it right. shows you stats are misleading. You know, stats are really misleading, and they're increasingly misleading because I sort of feel the way you do. I think he's a, I think he's a two and a half. You know, I think he's sort of like Andy Dalton. Remember that year in 2015 when the Bengals had everything right around them and everyone was healthy until the playoffs. I mean, Andy Dalton had like a Pro Bowl year statistically. That's just what I feel like Cousins is. If you have everything around him looking pretty good. Like, if if Kirk Cousins were the Rams quarterback, I'm not sure they'd be, like, way worse. Um, are you? You know, do you, do you feel differently than that? Or? Well, I've had I've been all over the place on the golf stuff, and now I feel like after going, wait a minute, I guess he's really good. Now there's some other adjustment where we're being told he doesn't read the entire field and that basically sure. um, Sean McVay is pulling all the strings here from the sidelines, mm-hmm. and now they have to, like, open it up because he's limited. So – if we're saying Cousins is closer to Goff because we're maybe downgrading what Goff really is, then then yeah, I, I guess I'm open to that. I've just been scared off a little bit from being wrong about Goff because it looked so bad in the beginning to now yeah. am I just looking at some Baylor version of an NFL quarterback where if he were in a non McVay setup, he'd be he yeah. wouldn't be getting an extension. You know, like I don't really know what to expect out of Goff, despite the fact the guy had like almost MVP type season. Yep. So Cousins, I think is I think there's you know good potential for Cousins this year because of their weaponry. I think late last year Kevin Stefanski took over. They went to more of an under center, you know, play actiony type offense. I think that's going to continue with Gary Kubiak sort of becoming an advisor there. So I do think it's set up for him to have tier two statistics. But I still think most people in the league will see him as a tier three guy. Um, I think also sort of like. Unlike with Wentz, I don't think people, you know, see the real guyness part of him and gravitate towards him and all that. That was addressed by one of the comments in there. And, um, so I think that people, people glass half empty cousins uh, more than they do other guys just because there's something about him. He doesn't, he doesn't connect as well with everybody as some other guys do. Flacco, this one was really interesting. Twenty first overall. He had one tier five and nine <laughs> tier two. This was about as all over the place as any quarterback. Is that correct? Yeah, and I think that's a classic part of his career where he's been in places where they've had great defense and run the ball, and, and except that when they won the Super Bowl, he was lights out and as good as anybody ever. So he has the <laughs> talent to to really get hot and be on fire and make you think he could be a one. But for the most part, you know, the minute they paid him, the rest of the roster fell off and here we are. He, he he got let go in favor of Lamar Jackson. So um, I think he's probably a a three. Put him in the middle. Who's you know like most threes, you can play to a two sometimes. But there's going to be days you look like a four. And uh, I hope for his sake that 
you know, that system, it's a Kubiak-related system. That's what he had in Baltimore in 2014 when he had pretty good numbers. Maybe with, you know, maybe their defense in Denver is good with Fangio. They've got a good running back now. Um, they invested some in the offensive line. Maybe Flacco looks more like a two than a low three. I think he's looked like a low three to a four. Garoppolo, zero tier one, thank God. Uh, 15 tier <laughs> two, 31 tier three, four tier four. I got to be honest, I don't. Is it I got because nine tier four on him? Oh, what did I just say? He said four. I think he oh, no. nine tier no, four. No, it's yeah. You're right. Absolutely, I, I misspoke there. Nine tier four. You should know because it is your study. Um, I I kind of don't get the faith in him. Um, and I'm not. I don't know. I, I guess I don't know if it's the the Patriots thing, and then the one loss record, and then hey, at the end of that first year, and then hey, they paid him all this money, which. They somehow yeah. wanted credit for the brilliance of paying him so much money up front as if the rest of us couldn't figure out, like, yeah, that means you're going to pay him less later on. They seem to want a lot of credit for the construction of that contract, which I was like, yeah, every, all of us get it, dude. We all understand basic math. Um, I I feel like there's still a lot of faith for Garoppolo out there. He's almost one of those guys that becomes rated higher because he still hasn't played that much. I'm with you. You know, I think that's a great point that, you know, it's sort of like when you acquire a draft pick for somebody and, you know, you're like, oh, we got the second round pick. Then you draft the guy and you're like, shoot, this guy's no good. That's <laughs> uh, great. Right. You know, what was that really worth? Um, now, so the, the optimism that I see for them is that it's sort of like, I think Kyle Shanahan, even when the backups are in there, they have good stats. If you look at Garoppolo's Obviously, they won the games when he came in a couple of years ago, and then his you know, yards per attempt are very high. But I do think that um, Shanahan makes a lot of that happy, uh, happen. I think his system's amazing. It doesn't mean Garoppolo's bad, but I definitely want to see it before I believe it. I want to see it over the course of a full season. I mean, he has been hurt with New England. He got hurt with San Francisco. He doesn't just look like, uh, you know, he doesn't look like an overly thick guy uh, who's going to hold up no matter what. I think he's got to prove it. So until he does that, we're going to, you and I are going to get, and maybe even you more than me, are going to get increasingly weary of the optimism. It's like after a while, you need to see the results. So Garoppolo fatigue, I think you have it. I think uh, people in San Francisco and some people in the league who really liked him don't have it yet. They're anxious to see him. I'm a little bit in between where I get the excitement, but I want to see it this year. Yeah. Okay. I, I think I was, I didn't know how you're going to feel about that one. Cause you know, some guys would be like, Hey, you're going to be kidding me. Um, I'm trying to think how many more guys do I want to get here. Uh, Marcus Mariota. Mm-hmm. I think we all know what he is and he's going to be somebody they need to replace. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, I don't feel any excitement there and, I don't know that they do either. I mean, obviously, they brought in Tannehill, which probably isn't the answer, but it's, you know, he's probably going to start six games, right? Or maybe more if Mariota gets hurt, hit early. So I'm with you. And I, I wonder if the injuries have taken a toll on him, too, to where, uh, you know, it just affects him. Yeah, I, I think that one's quick there. When, whenever I see, like, I did a get up, you know, a week or so ago, and I was watching the guys do the Mariota thing, and then we all went to commercial break, and I go, hey, you know, I, I know I'm here with three NFL guys, but. I go, why are we still doing this with Mariota? And they all looked at me. It was as if they all wanted to be nice because they liked him. And yeah. they're like, hey, you know, his red zone numbers, and there's still a chance. And, you know, he's had a bunch of different coordinators. I'm like, wait a minute. We're still doing the coordinator thing? So You know, it's kind of it, – so do you feel way better about Winston? Oh, no. I, I, I just – look, Winston, 
as the football player, like we all know the problem at Florida State, he he made bad decisions with the football. As, as good as he was, that was the downside. And, and I don't know that that ever goes away. I don't think you ever become yeah. more careful with the football. I think you just are one or two well, guys. You would take him over Mariota, though, right now? If yeah. you had an opening. If you were Miami and you could choose between those two guys, you'd take Winston. Uh, yes, absolutely. Cause I, I'm that down on Mariota. Yeah, I think I would, too. I don't know what's left in the Mariota debate. Like I watch them and what they've tried to do with their different offenses, and it's it. You know what it reminds me of? Uh, and it got better with Trubisky, and what the coaching staff trusted him with. But you, you can tell, like you you know this better than I do. But you watch it enough, you can tell when coaching staffs trust or don't trust their quarterback. And I feel like there's all these times with Mariota where it's like, yeah, they just don't really trust this guy that much. I almost feel like he doesn't trust himself. Like wouldn't, that wouldn't the, be surprising if his confidence, yeah, yeah, confidence and, it doesn't exude confidence and swagger like he's pushing the envelope. And you know, is that injuries? Is it what? I don't know. But he's always people have always he's always been very mild mannered, and people say, yeah, but he's a great competitor. And I sort of want to see more of that in the way that he plays a little more flair. Yeah, I think that's fair. Okay, a couple more, and then we'll let you go. Lamar Jackson, uh, this is amazing to me. He's twenty eighth overall. He has one tier two vote, eighteen tier threes. <laughs> 34 tier fours and two tier five. Who? <laughs> name names, Mike. Uh, I know you won't do that for us, but whoever voted him tier two did not watch one Ravens game all year. I long. know. So here's what happens when you do ballots. Um, you'll always get one or two guys that, hey, they may be good at what they do, but their ballots like all ones and twos, or, you know what I mean? They're, they're skewed up a tier and a half or a tier from others. And, you know, I suppose I could exclude him, but I, you know, if you're a coordinator or you're a position coach, you know, I I, I put it in there. So I don't want to dwell on the guy who gave him a two because he probably also, he could be the guy who gave Goff a one. You know, if I look at it, you know what I mean? He may just be higher than everybody and didn't quite get it the same as everyone else. So that happens. But I think the overall feel on him is um, the questions are, okay, in that type of a system, are you going to be healthy long enough? I mean, that's, that's a legitimate one. And then can you play good enough defense and run it well enough to control the games well enough that you don't have to pass well um, to win? And I think most people think no over time. And so then the question becomes, okay, can you? Be, how much better can you become as a passer? And that gets into the whole thing of, like, do you gain an accuracy? Do you become an accurate guy, or, or do you always need the system tailored around? And there's if you hit gold and have a great – uh, defense and stuff, you're going to be in the mix. We've seen that happen, but um, it can be a hard way to go. I just feel like there's going to be this Lamar Jackson part where if the Ravens don't have a, a better record, because what they did last year, they started winning all these games, running the football. I think there will be a correction if he's the exact same quarterback where people will be more ready for it defensively. And then what will happen is people will ask why he's regressed, and I will ask why didn't you watch him last year? Because yeah, I, my fear is is that, you know, They've had a major turnover on defense of so veterans leadership and all that. And so we've been able to just take to the bank of their top five defense. Well, that makes everything okay. That, that's how they're always in the mix. Even when they don't have a great year, they're seven and nine or eight and eight or nine and seven. Or they won the division last year. What if their defense goes to 18th or 20th or 22nd? Now suddenly you're going to need more from the quarterback position. And you're right. They're going to be putting Lamar Jackson in a position that Flacco wasn't even usually put in. And and he's going to fail, or not look good, or they're not going to win, and they'll be you know what do they do then? 
change the coaches or something. You know, you can just almost see some of these things. Yeah, that's that's kind of how it feels. Okay, what was out of all of this? What was the tidbit you thought was the most? I don't know if illuminating okay. sounds like the right yeah, word yeah. here, but just like wow, like yep. I had never thought. Maybe it was eye opening. Maybe it changed your perception of somebody because uh, the person was so smart, and you went, "I've never even thought of it that way before." Well, to me, it was the collection of just how negative the comments were on Derek Carr. Derek Carr got eight tier one votes a few years ago when wow. people were betting on him like a year early, and now they're like so down on him. And to have people say, you know what, I couldn't believe I actually got calls during the season from guys saying you better look at what Derek Carr did in this game and and not in a flattering way, you know, throwing away the ball on fourth down was one of them against I think the Chargers last year. There's late game against Indy and people are just questioning his willingness to stand in there and and deliver when it gets hot in the kitchen. So that was enough people of a theme that I thought, hmm, you know, we already know that we're questioning what's Gruden going to do. Is that the guy? It almost feels like maybe they did enough offensively there so that he is going to succeed. But if they don't have a good year, he's definitely getting the blame. Okay, that's good. All right, give me something that you were like, this is, I can't believe this guy gets an NFL paycheck. Um. Wow. Wait a minute. Is that going to put you in a bad spot if you say the info and then the person? Oh like, yeah, Wait a that's minute. a great, that's a great idea. Yeah, I don't know that. I don't want to burn you here. You know, no, I would not say that. I would not say that's the case. I think by the time the whole thing comes out, you go, "Wow, that's about right." Um, yes, you will. Sometimes here's what happens: is sometimes you get somebody who has like great belief in their ability to win with anybody and they make people ones and twos, (laughs) you know, and you get through it and you're like, well, you can't have 22 of the quarterbacks be ones and twos. That, that will happen occasionally. Um, but for the most part, I think guys are, you know, guys are pretty much right on even the one five vote for Flacco and somebody I know pretty well, he just thinks he's done. And I think that's it. Okay, well, I filed that away in the back of my head. To me, that has value still. Even if I think it's wrong, it has value. Yeah, that's good. I, you know, I actually, the Flacco being done thing, I don't think, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I don't think that's a crazy conclusion to get to after everything. That Read that. Did you see the stats I put in there on him? I, I like was, you know, I had a couple of quotes and I wanted to break them up with, uh, with some, so I started looking at the numbers and it's like his, he's like last in the league um, in multiple categories over the last few years. I'm going to scroll to this because it was like, okay, he's one of 16 quarterbacks with at least 60 starts the past five years, okay? One of 16. Of those 16, last in yards per attempt, touchdown rate, yards per completion, only Bortles is lower in TD to interception ratio and passer rating. And so I said, that's probably why one, one voter put him in the fifth tier. Isn't that amazing that you could be that low out of the 16? I mean, is is that just because of your system or your weapons? It has to be to some degree, but Borles was, like, in the same area. So that is concerning. Yeah, I wonder that the Flacco voters that still had him up high, like, are just doing that, well, you know, got hot. Gets hot at the right time. You're like, dude, really? that was... I know. I know. Like, Eli, I wonder on Eli Manning, you win a couple of Super Bowls, you get, like, a benefit of the doubt card. You know, to I think it happens. I think it happens with some guys. Yeah. I mean, Eli still had too. seven second tier votes. Isn't it? Yeah, and we're not seeing that at all. But I mean, the, yeah, the, I mean, what could you have possibly seen from him in the last two years where you go, yeah, he's right behind those top guys? 
Well, they, what they say is, you know what, they're like the worst, one of the worst offensive lines I've ever seen, and, and so he's going to throw it in the dirt. You give him at least an average one, uh, it'll be totally different. But I think they're, I think some of that's in your risking excuse-making for guys. You know, and it's like if there's enough years of bad play and we can see it, you know, I would say the highest you could say for Eli Manning's a three. I do love with this advanced access to information how often you can find a way to defend almost anyone. <laughs> you know, like I went yeah. through all the Aaron Rodgers throwaways, some guy, and I, I'm not gonna remember the name. I got in a wormhole of Aaron Rodgers stuff um, because I yeah. still believe in Aaron Rodgers, and we thought at one point last year he's gonna be out for the season, and then he battled it out all year. So I, yep. you know, look, if I think Aaron Rodgers is awesome, then I'm finding ways to defend him every time. But then I went through the throwaways, the 59 throwaways, and it was like, well, half of those is because no one was open. You're like, okay, but it was still 13 more than has ever been tracked. So that's yeah. that's a lot, and that was always my knock on Alex Smith. Be like, yeah, that's great. He doesn't throw any picks, but on third and long, forget it. It's there's it's nothing is going to happen. And in the red zone, you're kicking a field goal with Alex Smith okay, forever. And so I want to see, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Alex Smith was in tune with Andy Reid at least, and I feel like Rodgers has not been in tune. And so I want to see that because I think he could be so much better. Yeah, I hope so. I'd like to see him back to, to what we, or at least, hey, not just me, but all these guys that voted. Mike, this is awesome work. I look forward to it, like I said, every year. And be sure to check it out if you're listening to the podcast. Uh, his work now with The Athletic. And uh, you can read the more in-depth quotes from all the different people. It's just an awesome source of information. So thanks so much, Mike. Hey, thank you. Loved it. Okay, that's Mike Sando. And we want to remind you to check it out at The Athletic. But more importantly, we want you to check out ZipRecruiter. These guys support us. If you like the show, if you're on the fence, like, do I really need to bother with ZipRecruiter? Do I need to look at it? Why don't you just look at it? Are you in that world? Do it. Because hiring used to be hard. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process. But today, hiring can be easy, and you only have to go to one place to get it done, ZipRecruiter.com slash Ryan Show. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four to five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Ryan Show. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Ryan Show, R-Y-E-N Show. ZipRecruiter.com slash Ryan Show. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Make sure you check out the Rosilla Show pod and subscribe to that. And also, make sure you check out the Woj pod as well. This week, he talks to new Wizards GM, Tommy Shepard. Everyone have a great week.